Welcome to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa, presented here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Today's message is The Four Spiritual Laws of Prosperity, Week 1, Tithing, and was recorded on Sunday, March 12, 2023. I so believe we have the power, the energy, the ability to do way more than we imagine. Amen? I think, what if every ch- child could grow up knowing that? Yeah, I've, I've been performing a grand experiment in my life. I have a 15-year-old, and, and every night of his life, he's heard before he goes to sleep at night, just remember, you can do anything. Sometimes it's after he goes to sleep. I say, sweetie, I forgot to tell you, you're amazing. You can do anything. Can you imagine if all of us got to hear that every day? Wow, what would life be like? Friends, we forget how much power we have. As a matter of fact, look at the person next to you and say, you have way more power than you're acting on right now. You might say, well, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. That's It's true for all of us. It's true for me, too. Sometimes I get frustrated at life, you know. Can you imagine? I get frustrated at life. Anybody else in that? Anybody else get frustrated on I-4, 75? Anybody? Oh, yes. In Orlando, we call I-4, I-4 give is what we call it, yes. Lots of forgiveness work every day, every day. Well, the reason we're doing this prosperity series, so I love to talk about prosperity and for many years, uh, you know, as you all know, I've written my own prosperity book and I go on to many churches and it, it just so happens most ministers aren't comfortable talking about prosperity because I don't know, they have an issue, uh, with money or something. But to me, prosperity is not uh, about money. As a matter of fact, that's last on my list for prosperity. And let me tell you what I mean. When I'm giving a workshop, I say, what is your greatest prosperity? Not one person says money. You know what they say? What's number one? Family. Family, love. Nobody says my job or my money in the bank. Having said that, we all have to have money to live, don't we? I mean, right? You can't go down to the power company and say, I just love you right now. And they're going to go, cool. You know, I used to have, uh, I've had people say to me over the, over the years, I, I don't give anything at church. I just, you know, when there's a potluck, I bring potato salad. I go, that's awesome. But we can't pay bills with potato salad. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. That said, I grew up with an interesting idea about money. I was the youngest of nine children, so there was always, you know, uh, every penny was saved. As a matter of fact, we would always gather change. You know how there's change that rolls around in the car or under the sofa, and we'd roll it all up, and the local grocery store would call us when they ran out of change, and we'd bring it up there. We, We really were very conscious about what was coming in the house and you know, what was going out because there were so many, so many mouths to feed. And the, the experience I had was that, that it never felt like there was quite enough, right? As a matter of fact, in high school, I helped support my family financially by working. I started working when I was uh, five years old and I shined shoes down by the uh, hardware store where we grew up. That was my first job for 10 cents. Now, mostly little boys do that, but I had a lot of energy, and I think my family was like, my God, what can we help this little one do? So I started understanding the value of money very early on. 
I also knew nobody was going to hand it to me, that there was an exchange that I had to put out energy to receive. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So I don't have a problem talking about money. We're going to get there today. But what is prosperity? Well, as we said, for most of us, it's family. To the author, Edwin Gaines, she says prosperity is, number one, a vitally alive, healthy body. Number two, it's relationships that work all the time, right? And it is also all the money you can spend. And I like all three of those, right? Relationships that work all the time, a vitally alive, healthy body, and all the money we can spend. Sounds like a great idea. So the idea is that there are certain spiritual principles that that if we follow them, we will find ourselves in a flow of abundance in all of those areas. So for me, prosperity is having my life work, right? It's that I have a home. I can provide for my family. I feel I have the energy to provide for my family, right? That I love my life, that I call to me beautiful relationships that work. Friendships, romantic relationships, my relationship with my son. Those, those are my prosperity. Well, what I know is if I'm following spiritual principle, it's much more likely than if I'm not. Can I have an amen? No, say to the person next to you, mm-hmm. Right. So, so, right. So in other words, we want to ask ourselves, okay, well then what are these for spiritual laws. So if there are laws, first I want to just talk about what is spiritual law? What is spiritual law? And what I love about unity and the new thought movement is we understand that there are certain spiritual laws in place. Now, whether we believe in them or not is completely immaterial. They're always operating. Now, if we want to cooperate and work in the best interest of our soul, guess what? When we work within those laws, life tends to get a little bit better. We tend to have a little more ease and grace that even when life shows up in ways we don't expect, we're able to move through, right? We're able to get to the other side because we have faith that we are operating within these spiritual laws. Now, let me show you what I mean. In, in, uh, as we think about laws in science or in the world, there's something called the law of gravity, right? Now, tell me yes or no, do you have to believe in gravity for it to work? No. So if I took this glass thing here and I held it up and I said, I don't believe in gravity and dropped it, what would happen? It would break. Because why? I was not conscious of the law of gravity. But if I don't believe in gravity, I don't float up and hit my head on the ceiling, do I? No, there's a force holding me down. That is a law. If I'm going down the freeway and I want to go 120 miles an hour, but the sign says 55, or actually on I-4, never mind, that doesn't really matter. People are going 120. But I don't. I don't. Yes, I paid to do a NASCAR ride-along to go that fast. Yeah, we went 200 when we did that. Oh, yeah, that I felt gravity in a brand new way. <laughs> Going around the corner, I was, oh, wow, I feel that, you know. So, uh, yes, uh, I pay to bring excitement into my life. So, which is better than it used to be, right? No drama. Now I, now I have to pay for it. This is a good thing. So, um, so if I'm driving my car, we know there's laws. We know there are laws. And if I go over the speed limit, chances are, what's going to happen? I'm breaking that law, and there's going to be a consequence. 
The same is true for spiritual law. And we often say spiritual laws. The truth is there's one law. It's called the law of circulation. Some call it the law of karma. Some call it the law of cause and effect. Right? Jesus said, forgive and you will be forgiven. That's the law. Give and you shall receive. That's the law. Judge and you will be judged. That's the law. In India, it's called karma, right? Whatever you put out is the energy you get back. For every action in science is equal and opposite what? Reaction. So this is an understanding. All the great minds in the universe have understood this. And we keep pretending as if it doesn't exist. So what I've learned about financial work, because I've worked with churches, I've worked with businesses, with individuals, all along the spectrum. I've worked with billionaires. I've worked with homeless. And when people begin to act within these laws by putting God first in their spiritual life, something shifts. A flow, a feeling, an energy, a vitality, a goodness, a faith. Because when you start giving it a higher level, guess what? It takes trust on your part. Suddenly, you start paying 100% attention. And 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 prosperity in relation to money is a good way to 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 um grow your faith in God. And when I talk about it, everybody here knows, I've said it before, I tithe over 10% of my income to Unity North Tampa. I'm not saying anything I don't do. There's there's two keys to my personal success. One is forgiveness. The second is tithing. Forgiveness and meditation. That's number one. Those are like one and the same. Number two is tithing. 100%. 100%. Right? So what is today about? It's about understanding that there are spiritual, there is a spiritual law of the universe. And rather than thinking there's some way we have to get in it, in fact, realize we are the ones activate that law and that flow. So there's no magical over there, and if we can just do it right, we'll somehow convince God to give it. Because, see, God is already here. God is in you. God is beside you. God is filling that chair right now. This right here is full of God energy. And yet, if we want to experience the flow, we have to activate that flow in our life. Right? So there's four spiritual laws we're going to look at over the next four weeks. The first is tithing. The second is setting clear-cut, tangible goals. The third is forgiveness. Forgive everyone all the time, especially yourself. And then finally, the fourth one is seek, discover, and find your divine purpose and begin to live it. Why, it's so fun to do this series here. So many of you are already doing all four of these things. But friends, I read this when it first came out. I mean, my book is pretty tattered if you want to know the truth. Edwin's been a good friend for 20 years and every time I read it I come back to a new awareness of how I am the one in the driver's seat in terms of what is showing up in my life. In other words, however I'm living, whatever spiritual law I am aligning with brings more of that good into my life and world. Right? So I am a powerful co-creator with God and so are you. So I want you to say with me, I am a powerful co-creator with God. Will you say that with me? I am a powerful co-creator with God. Say to the person next to you, and you're powerful too. 
to you and you and you. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting, I think, in Edwin's teaching that she started with tithing because that's the hardest one for most people to talk about. And we have a saying in the South that uh, if you're going to eat, um, if you've got to eat a frog, eat the big one first. That's the Southern saying. Don't start with the legs, just all the way. Just eat that frog. That is a Southern thing. I'm not making that up. I know you're thinking, is she serious? Does she grow up in the backwoods? The answer is yes, I did. <laughs> it's, it's amazing I got this far. So what does tithing mean? What does tithing mean? I'm going to read you an old scripture. And I, I, I brought my old Bible. This was my first Bible my parents brought me. And this was a bit bought me. It was a big deal because the other one I was using, my brother had dropped in the creek. It was one of those Bibles that you zip shut. So the pages were all messed up, you know. So when they bought me this, I was highfalutin then because it had my full name on there. And that was important. I finally started with my full name several years ago. Cynthia Alice, right? You know me as that. So when they gave me this, this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. And I've got more underlines and things in this Bible than you can believe. I've read it through cover to cover. I grew up in the Christian school and everything. So this Bible always means a lot. And this is, this is written over with pen. The first word, I'm going to read it to you. Bring all, in, in the King James is like this. I'm going to do it old school and then I'm going to tell you in real words. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing, and there shall be not enough room to receive it. Beautiful. So basically, in our language, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, right? And expect blessing upon blessing upon blessing. That's the idea. Say to the person next to you, do you have any room for more blessing? Say it to them. Now, what's interesting in the words I've got, I've got underlined, I've, I've written in, I used to take a pen, I'd write over it real small on the words, is the words bring and then prove me now. Because if I don't bring it, I can sit here all day and wonder where is God? Have you ever done that? You say, God, where are you in this? Or where are you? And God's saying, where are you? Because it's never God that leaves or moves, it's us. Right, So if we're going to really experience abundance and prosperity, we've got to start the flow because the flow already is. You have to give the permission. This is what I mean about how much power you have is you have to give permission for the universe to work in and through your life. But if you make no space, it will not happen. And, and people don't like when I say this, but the honest answer is when we don't give our 10%, the universe gets it somehow because that is the law of the universe. In the very first book of the Bible, that teacher, uh, uh, Abraham's teacher, Melchizedek, Abraham tithe, that was the first noted tithe in the whole scripture in the very first book of the Bible where Abraham tithed to his teacher, Melchizedek, his spiritual teacher. And what do we know the whole, uh, for, for uh, millennia, the Jewish people as what? Wealthy. This is not a negative. This is a positive. 
that when you tithe, you prosper simply because you're putting God first. So when we're talking about tithing, what we're really saying is giving one-tenth of everything you earn to the place of your spiritual feeding, right? And I give over that, right? 10% is training wheels. 10% is training wheels. And why is it 10%? Because the word tithe in Hebrew means 10%. That's what it means, one-tenth, right? So somebody said, well, I gave a small tithe. I said, well, did you tithe or did you give a gift? See, people often will come to my office or they're asking me for counseling because they know I do a lot of prosperity stuff and they say, will you give to my program? People hit me up all that time. They Sometimes they steal my material. They'll ask me, oh, you know, I want help. Will you give me money and all this stuff? I say, well, how are you bringing good into your life right now? Are you following spiritual principle? They say, well, I meditate. I said, well, that's great. Are you tithing 10% to the place of your spiritual food, to your spiritual community? And they go, well, uh, no. I say, well, when you're ready to practice spiritual principle, come back and talk to me. Because until then, you cannot make the flow happen in your life. And until you're willing at that level to follow God's guidance for you, I cannot work with you. I have to work with souls on a journey that are ready to actually do something. I work with spiritual big kids who are ready to make a difference in the world through their life, through their money, through their giving, through their through their helping. It's simply the what I expect in a spiritual community for us not to be doing outreach is not right. We are doing outreach now. We have to be doing that. That's over and above for me, my tithe. That's over and above. You know what I've noticed? Every time I, 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 if I start to wonder about money, I say, God, I'm going to write that check because I know this is going to put me in the flow. But we all have up and down about money. It's not like I have a fire hose of $100 bills blowing on me. I'm just like you. I work a job. I receive a paycheck. But what I know is God is my source. And many people say, well, I'm on a a fixed income. You fixed it. There is more available to you. But until all of us trust at a deeper level, remember, it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And that includes money. Money is not number one, it includes money. That verse in Luke is really about the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom, what? of The spirit of what? Peace, hope, loving kindness, gentleness, patience, faith. That's really what that scripture is about. But it includes all the good the universe has for us. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more, what? That's right. Not you're supposed to suffer and scrimp and say, You're supposed to struggle. Now, a lot of us grew up with that idea that you were supposed to struggle. You know, I had parents of the uh, depression. I was the youngest of nine, so my parents, everybody thought my mom was my grandmother. She had me at 41, right? So we really grew up, you know, we, we kept track of things. Nothing was thrown. Everything was turned into an art piece or used somehow, right? We knew what was where because there wasn't a lot extra. Right, so I, I, I'm, I'm saying that's a shared experience. But what I've realized now is I get to have a new experience as I grow, as I prosper, as I evolve, as I develop as a soul. I don't have to be stuck in the I'm the youngest of nine and there's not enough. I am heir to the kingdom as we all are. 
There is enough even for me, sometimes I have to say. I always want there to be enough for you. And I, 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 I was, this is a few years ago after I wrote my prosperity book. It's called Prosperity for You. And, you know, I, I've sold a lot of copies. I go places and I sell out and all that stuff. And I was thinking, why am I not feeling in the flow? I'm doing everything right that somebody would say to do. I, I, I'm, I'm tithing. I'm meditating. I'm, and I realized my book was called Prosperity for You, not Prosperity for Me. And I, I said, you know, what was this about? What was this about for me? I said, I want to help people so much. I left myself out of the equation. You know, my role in the family was that of helper. You can imagine with the youngest of nine, there was always somebody to help or a kid to look after or a granny to help or clean up after and alcoholic father or grandmother with Alzheimer's, my nephew with leukemia living with us. There was lots to do, friends. My dad's business that was also illegal in the home, you know, all that. You know, there was a lot going on. And so I learned to put myself in this, in this role that I'm still spinning out of. It's like I'm, tr- I'm kind of like this, rising up and out, but I've still got a ways to go. Anybody understand what I mean? Aren't we all a work in progress? It's these principles that have helped me do it. It's these principles that have helped me do it. And I think if I can do it, anybody can. I was pretty lost, you know, really. I I did not think much of myself, but these principles, when I could give 10%, it made me feel worthy. And that first check I wrote, friends, was tough. Have you ever written that first type check? It felt like my pen was skidding along the check there. It was like... I could get, yeah, I had to eke it out that first one. And, and then it was so interesting because, um, cause as I, I, as I wrote it, it was about, we were about, I don't know, three or four months into this thing. And every time I wrote it, I got that feeling. And I heard the minister say, you know, when we give with joy, that magnifies the giving. And suddenly I got real happy to, to, to write that. I got real happy, and I would say, you know what, tithing first, then the cleaning lady, I'm thrilled to write those checks because I know that's going to bring a lot of goodness into my life, right? So as I give my tithe, I give with joy, right? Remembering it's the Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom, that when I give with faith, I can be ready to receive a blessing. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's really so beautiful. Several years ago, I was really working this idea, and um, I had shown my congregation the secret. Raise your hand if you saw that movie. It's you know big twenty years ago, right? And it's really about learning to manifest and and such as that. And I had all these bills come from my house. It was something with my car, and I was driving a Mercedes at that time, which I really don't suggest. But I was driving a Mercedes at that time. That any repair was at least four hundred dollars. You know what I'm talking about? And this was more like two grand of a repair. It had to be fixed. Anyway, so I said, you know what, God? I saw that movie, The Secret. I said, I need $10,000 in 30 days. I don't know how we're going to do this one, but I, I've got to have it. And then I started praying. I went in the church, and I said, God, you know what? 
I'm helping your people and I'm telling them to give and I'm giving and I'm not sure why I've got all these bills, but I'm going to expect you to pay them because that's what you tell me you're going to do. And I'm looking at this book and I'm ready to receive a blessing and I, I'm going to give my tithe. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give over 10%, but in 30 days, I've got to have $10,000. And I sat back and I said, let's see what happens. So every day I looked at that number morning and night. And on day 29, I had about $2,000. I said, this is not good. And I I really had to think on this. I said, you know, if I am a powerful co-creator with God, there's there's got to be something I'm missing. I said, I'm going to pray for the next couple days that I can see a manifestation on this. And if not, I'm going to go get some counseling and see if if I'm the problem. I, I am absolutely not above getting help. It's how I've gotten this far. I love it. I think therapy is wonderful. I think financial counselors can be super helpful. I think having a budget is a great idea. I have no problem getting help. But there was nothing I was spending. I was I was absolutely, you know, right uh, living within my means. I wasn't doing anything crazy. But I had these bills and that money was not coming in. Well... It was so interesting, day 31. I got a check for over $8,000. I said, you know, 31 days is awesome. I'll take that. And it was this friend of mine had supported. He had been a prayer partner, and he had uh, been on Oprah and got a book deal, and he tithed to me off his proceeds. Now, nothing I did to help him was for anything other than loving support because I loved him. Other than seeing good for him, supporting him, listening to him, praying with him. Of course, I had no idea. There was zero expectation. And what I realized is even though it came through him as a channel, it was God that was the source. And it was my trust in God that enabled it. If my consciousness would not have been ready to receive it, I might not have. I've never, I've never had a gift like that. It felt almost too big to take it. But it's like, well, I've been praying for this. And so then I learned the idea that as I give at the level I want to be making, if I tithe on the amount I want to be making, not on the amount I'm making, the universe catches up and I start making more money. I've done that six or seven times in my life. It works. Every single time. That's why I'm saying it's a law. It's not just a nice idea. I'm not trying to get money for the church. So somebody said to me one time, are you just trying to get money for the church? I said, I want to hear what's behind that. Well, you tell us about tithing. Are you trying to just get money for the church? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Are you being spiritually fed here? Yes. When you leave, do you feel better than when you came? Yes. Why would you not want this place to succeed? Because when you tithe, you're saying, I'm giving to my source of spiritual feeding so that there's more when I need it. Right? So it's acknowledging God as source. That's very simply what a tithe is. So back in the day before there was currency like we carry now, you know what people did? They brought their first fruits into the temple. They would bring their vegetables, their, their, uh, they would sacrifice an animal. They would bring their first fruits in saying, thank you. 
In every indigenous culture I know, there's always a gift back to the ancestors or to the earth. In every ceremony of indigenous people I know, that's a part of it. So in our culture, what is our currency? It's money. In other cultures, it's beads, it's items, it's things. But in our culture, money is our currency, right? So as you give back your 10%, you're saying, thank you, God, for everything I have, and that opens you to receiving more. See, if, if you have a closed hand and you're saying, God, bring me more, how can you, get, how can you hold it? There, there, you see what I'm saying? But if you're, one is here and one is here, you can receive and then give again. Receive and then give again. Right? And as we give in faith, you don't know where the money is going to come from, but it, it does show up. It puts you in the flow of all good. So this is why I tithe. So I have no problem talking about it. I'll answer any question you ever have about tithing. Um, the number one question I always get is, do I tithe on the net or the gross? And I just say, do you want to be blessed a little or a lot? That's up to you. Tithing is up to you. It's between you and your God. I'm never going to ask you if you tithe. That's between you and your God. I just know for me, it works. There's a um, a lawyer I worked with as a uh, I, that I was mentoring spiritually. I, I mean, she was so brilliant. I said, are you sure you need my help? Uh, you know way more than I do. She said, not about spiritual things, I don't. And and then she said, right after I talked to you, I thought, my God, she's going to ask me to tithe. I never asked her to tithe. I just supported her spiritually. About six months later, she goes, you know, this tithing thing works. She said, it's completely illogical. I said, I know. I said, that's how spirit things are. When you're working in the spiritual, the mind can't always understand because the bottom line numbers said the numbers just didn't make sense to me. So I just decided to trust. I said, that's one of the most spiritual things you've ever done. And now it's so beautiful. She mentors people in her practice and is wildly successful, wildly successful, and still continues the tithing practice, still continues. She says that's one of the keys to her success is trusting, trusting that trust that that builds. So I want to encourage you to just pray on it, pray on it. I'm never going to ask you. I'm never going to, I'm never going to do a campaign and say, you have to give this much friends. You're on a journey and this is between you and your God. But what I can tell you is tithing has changed my life. It's changed my life for the better. And it's absolutely put me in a financial flow that I could only imagine in the past. So I tithe because I love to. I tithe because it makes me feel worthy. I tithe because I know when I give that the places that feed me spiritually are going to continue to be there for me. I give and I tithe because it puts God first in my finances. And for me, it's God first in everything. And that's one clear way I can do it. Okay, so I want you to just pray on this. And I want you to, if you can, to get this book. This is a wonderful book. Edwin is from Alabama and has a wonderful uh, kind of folk wisdom. She tells amazing stories. And I think you'll enjoy reading it. Even if you're not ready to tithe, read it. Read it. And just see 
if you will not uh, uh, understand more of what I'm saying. But as we go on the next four weeks, remember, tithing is just number one. Then we've got to get, then we've got to set a plan, a course for our life. Because once we start moving in the flow, we want clear cut goals. Then as we start moving forward, we find something's holding us back. And that's why we have to do the forgiveness step. And then finally, we're starting to live in the flow in such a way, you're going to be living your purpose in a bigger way than you are now. So the good news is, you friends, you're already living so many of these. But I believe there's more for us always. I truly believe it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Thank you for listening to the weekly message from Unity North Tampa here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com. This message is copyright 2023, Unity North Tampa, all rights reserved. Our theme music, The Light of God, is composed by Shannon Croft and used with permission and available at shannoncroft.com. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.